the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot Podcast uh, breaking down, uh, continuing our NFL draft series today. We are doing the edge rushers and linebackers. Figured that was a good combo to combine. Uh, no Chris Shime today, but I guess it means I'll have to step it up and maybe do some some research on these on these players, which I tried to do a little bit ahead of time. But I'll be leaving yeah. on you, Andy. Uh, that's fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. Believe me, you can't be any worse than Eric Scalavino in my other job on Patriots.com when he would, quote, lean on me at this time of the year. Um, no, I enjoy this. I enjoy this position. Um, it's funny that I don't know how big a need it is after the offseason and what they've done in the draft in recent years. Obviously, they bring Matthew Judon in on a big contract. So he's an outside linebacker edge guy. You bring back Kyle Van Oy as an outside linebacker edge guy, you have chase Winovich, you've drafted Uche and Jennings. You bring back Dante Hightower for at least a year. You still have Bentley. Like there's a lot of bodies in the mix right now, but like the way I feel about Bentley, you found out what he was a year ago. He's a backup. He's He's the more he's on the field, diminishing returns. He's he's probably a decent guy to have on your roster as your second or third linebacker, but not a starting caliber linebacker in the NFL. And Dante Hightower, I would say, is year to year at best at this point. Well, even like also, we saw, he's better. Like we saw the last time he played a full season, he wasn't like playing all the snaps early on. He was playing like sixty percent of the snaps. Oh yeah, he's at his best now when it was Collins and Vinoy, and like he can just sort of get in in the best spots, not be on the field full time. I also did you see the video of him running? Was that recent? Did you see there was a clip on uh, social I, media? I saw a video. I didn't watch it, so. He just looked a little undersized to me. Like maybe he um, lost some bulk during the year away from the game. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a different, different topic, different day. Um, I would still say there could be or maybe a need here. I mean, we saw Chase Winovich. They seem to like him as a pass rusher, but not like him as an every down player. Uche and Jennings, I think, are total unknowns right now. I happen to think Uche can can rush the passer a little bit. That you may see some spark from him in year two, but. With with the high tower, Bentley, Van Noy, even like I don't know that they're two or three years they're going to be options. So this is this is another one of those spots that looks deep for 2021, I think, mm-hmm. but could use some injection of youth and long term stability. Well, I was also going to say this could be a spot where if if everything holds true and the offensive guys go so high in the top ten. You could get a very good defensive player at 15 that maybe otherwise in another year would have gone in the top 10, and that could just be too good for Belichick to pass up. Right. Um, so let's start with the edge guys. Um, big, I actually think there's a decent chance there's a couple guys that make sense. We've seen the mock drafts, but the, mm-hmm. the off-the-ball linebacker types. But let's start with the edge guys because those are the sexy guys uh, usually. I mean, you had what? Chase um, – I can't I think of his name, the kid out of uh, – Ohio State, the, the Redskins defensive rookie. Uh, Chase, Young. Chase Young. I mean, usually we have guys that are top one, two, three type picks. There are not those guys this year. This is not that kind of draft on the edge. Um, because of the COVID opt-outs and the weird, there's a ton of guys that just don't have a lot of experience. They're kind of um, potential guys. And, ooh, that guy is fast and long and he ran a 40 and he's this tall and he weighs this much. 
and he had one good year or he had a half a good year. Um, so I think there's a lot of pass rushers that teams are rolling the dice on in the first round of the draft. And whenever you do that, it's 50, 50 at best, you're going to lose some of those. Um, I, I don't know where you want to begin. So I'll just throw a guy out there with local ties. Um, Quiddy pay, uh, the kid out of Michigan is a potential, maybe the first edge guy that could I'd come say he's board. one of the better ones that there is. Um, I think he's a good player. I wouldn't want to take him in the top half of the, to me, if you take a guy as a pass rusher, as an edge guy, at the top half of the first round, I better believe he's 15 sacks down the road, you know, pro bowl caliber. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Quiddy pay is that he's a little shorter than what you really look for at six, two, two sixty one. Um, had good production over the last, uh, couple of years, 2019. Um, I don't, he's quick. He ran a four, five, seven 40, which is good. The short arms. I don't know why I don't love him. I'll be honest with you. I don't know why he, he looks the part. Anybody that saw him running for his pro day, yep. um, shirt off certainly looks like an athletic freak. I just, I don't love him to me. I would not take him at the top half of the first round. Just because It doesn't seem like a sure thing in your mind. Right. And I, and, but that's where you get into a lot of these. See, that's what I would say. You, you're talking yourself into a lot of these guys. And if I have to talk myself into you, I'd rather talk myself into you in the second round. So yep. I'll let other people take the first handful. And if I want one of these guys, I'll talk myself back into it in the second round. But, you know, Miami has two guys that are in that mold, Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips, both one year kind of guys. Um, Phillips, it was this past year because Rousseau opted out. Yep. Rousseau is a freak, 6'7", 260. Um, I believe he's, yeah, he's a former wide receiver. He's played the position for two years, basically. He had a breakout year at Miami in 2019 and had a breakout high school career year. He was literally going to go to USC as a wide receiver, potentially. Then he became a pass rusher, goes to Miami. I mean, 46740 at 265 pounds and 67, you can see why people say, "Oh, that's that's an NFL player, right? That's an NFL edge guy." But he played one year and I know there's some comments out there about a lot of his production at Miami, 15 and a half sacks in 2019. I think only Chase Young had more that year. Um, came on the inside. They they subbed him down over the center or on you know, inside shade on the guard, whatever it may be. And a lot of people don't think he's going to be able to do that at the NFL level. Can he be a pure edge rusher? Um, I don't love him. I like Phillips a lot more. Yeah, I'll just say between the two, I would go with Phillips. Well, player-wise, I would. The problem is he retired from football at UCLA because of concussions. The doctors would not clear him to play. He started to go into like a, I don't know, music career or something, and then ended up loving football, transferring to Miami, having a great year last year where he had um, 15 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, tall, lanky, fast, quick. He's my preferred guy. I like everything about him other than the fact that I think his next concussion could end his career. Well, and it's all, it's not even just concussions. Did you see this too? He was in a car accident, had major uh, left wrist surgery too. Oh, I didn't see that, but see, that doesn't bother me as much so as the the concussions, right? But there are medical, there there are medical concerns with him definite medical concerns with him and you know the the more limited production recently I mean he was good at UCLA early in his career but I just can you take a guy in the top half of the first round who could get hit in the head once and never play for you again well that's like, also one, one of those injuries too that you can't really evaluate you can't right. like get a doctor and say like what do you think of this it's like well I don't know we don't we don't right. know what concussions are 
Like he may never have a concussion again, or he could get a concussion on like the first day of full contact training camp practices and never even see the field for you. So that, that's a scary, um, that's a scary part with him. Uh, so as we move down guys, there's a boatload of guys that are six foot five and run crazy 40 times. Um, away the kid out of Penn state, he ran a four, three, seven at 257 pounds, six foot five, which is kind of stupid. It kind of makes me question whether it's realistic. I'd feel better if it were a combine 40, not a pro day 40. Um, but we got to go with the numbers that we have. He has obvious upside. I actually don't think he's as quick as he is fast. Like four, three, seven, you'd think, boy, he blows tackles off the, the line. I don't think he does that. Um, seven career sacks and eight career um, starts to his name. Like, eh, like, well, eh. But wasn't that Josh Uche? Um, I think Uche was a little bit more productive. Now, I know Don Brown wanted him to come back, thought he could really, you know, be served. And you're right, Uche was a part-time starter, even his senior year. I think it was like 50-50. Yeah, he was only playing 50% of the snaps. Yeah. So, yeah, and I guess that's where you are with all these guys. I guess Oway is probably in my mind like a third, like Uche. You take him in the third round or somewhere. Maybe you he say, seems okay. more like a guy. The draft third, his ceiling has been hit. He's got a high ceiling because he hasn't had as much performance yet. He's an athletic guy. A coach could work with him. Correct. And and I think all these guys fill that bill. And I could see Belichick saying, "Geez, a four three forty off the edge, and he's got great length. I can take advantage of that." Um, Ojolari, the kid out of Georgia, 6'2", 249. Um, number of interesting stories, by the way, through all these defensive players. Like, he's the son of Nigerian immigrants. Um, certainly has a good amount of production. Um, captain, two-year player, explosive, long arms. I like him a little bit more. But, again, I like him. Don't love him. He would be another, like, mid-round pick. The guy I actually fell in love with long before the draft process was um, Joseph Osei, the kid from um, Texas. Texas. I don't think he's a pure pass rusher, and that probably hurts him because I think that's the priority, the commodity that the NFL seeks. Um, he had good rushing numbers. I think he's more of a linebacker. A lot of people list him on the edge, but I think as we transition into that role too, but I think he's more of a linebacker type. Um, he can play for me. I just think he's physical. He wants to hit people. It may not be sacks. It may be tackles for a loss. It may be tackles out wide. It may be forced fumbles, those types of things. But I'm a, I'm a Joseph, Joseph Osai. Uh, I have a little bit of a red flag maybe for you with, with some of the, the comments I'm reading. The Texas coaches call this effort not good, not great, but phenomenal. Oh, sorry. I read that wrong. So this is this leads your argument. The Texas coaches call this effort not good, not great, but phenomenal. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, I would have no – no qualms taking him in the second round and finding out what he is later, by the way, he may be a pass rusher. He may be, I mean, is Dante Hightower a pass rusher? Is he a middle linebacker? Is he an outside linebacker? Or is he a really good front seven player? And I think Osai could be that. A um, couple other guys that, you where, know, are, where do you think of, he, would, he would be a target? Which round? I would say the second round. I mean, there were early, early mock drafts had him as a late first round pick. Um, I think some of the other freakish guys, the Phillipses and the Rousseaus and those guys, they're probably going to sneak into the first round and he's going to get bumped into the second round. I mm -hmm. think he'll be the better football player as a second round pick. Also probably makes it easier for him. You know, we've talked a lot about with uh, like Sony Michelle over the years. Sony Michelle is a second or a third round pick. Nice. Well, yep. like contributed first round pick. Yeah. I thought he'd be more. I thought he'd be a pro bowl. I thought he'd be a right. star. 
So I think Osai um, could be that. Uh, Joe Tryon, the kid out of Washington, um, another of the one-year starter types. I actually don't think, again, he's a he's a pure edge guy. I think he had eight sacks in 19, opted out last year. Um, looks the part, numbers, athletic. I think he's a linebacker more than a pass rusher. I think he can make plays in space. Um, so I kind of like him, but in a different role. Um, and then the uh, Carlos Bashman Jr., they call him Boogie, Wake Forest, 6'3", 274. Um, good production, three-year starter, which I think separates him from the other guys. More experience here. Coaches call him relentless. You see his motor. I like his violence that he, that he hits with. Um, I think he's going to be a good football player. I'm not sure he's a star. I think he's a mid-round pick, um, and he's not quite as – you know, long and lean and edge proven as some of those other guys. But I think you could get some pressures out of him. Maybe he's a guy that bounces inside in some situations at, you know, almost 280 pounds, um, maybe a more athletic version of Adam Butler in that mold a little bit um, for the, from a Patriots perspective. So he's a guy that I like. I got a quick, quick question that you kind of brought up that got me thinking. Do you think teams of value, like what will stand out more to teams when they're looking at these guys, the guys that haven't played much or a guy like him that has three years of experience? Like, do you think that they look at a guy that hasn't played that much and say we can do so much more of them or a guy that has three years experience and saying we know what he is? Like, that's probably a question I think a lot of teams are going to be asking themselves. Yes. And I, it's really hard to say. I mean, it's that's probably an individual case basis by what yeah. like, we talked about Belichick. He answered everything in generalities. Well, that's a question you really ask for every player or the blah, blah, either position. So I think some guys, like we're going to transition here in a minute, like uh, Micah Parsons didn't play last year. Yeah. I don't think people give a rat's ass. He's Probably. an elite player. He had one great year, a year removed. Like, I don't think that comes into consideration, but then there's other guys like Rousseau and fit like where the, the limited time and, and at all positions, again, as Belichick would say, not just these, then maybe. And I also think if you're, it, it's a little bit like, you know, we talk about with the quarterbacks, like swinging for the fences with Trey Lance, there's a lot of questions, but if you hit it, it's a grand slam. Like okay. it, you make, you know, you, you kind of weigh the upside, you know, okay. He's got limited experience, but wow, he's only played the position for two years. And one of the years included this kind of production. Yep. Imagine what he's going to do when Bill Belichick coaches him. And, you mm -hmm. know, when I get my hands on him and he doesn't even know what he doesn't know right now. So I think you can talk yourself into that with the measurables, the speed, the quickness, the upside. Whereas another guy like Bashman that I just, uh, just read about, he is a guy that I don't think has quite the upside, but then you go, but I saw him do it at a pretty high level for three years. Like I feel pretty good that his, his floor is higher. Right. So that's that whole balance. Um, one more guy I wanted to throw out there was Peyton Turner out of Houston. Um, I, I really liked him. I actually liked him more than a lot of some of the, the earlier picks six, five, two seventy. Um, he, he just gives you everything he has. He has good length athletic. He uses his hands which I think is underrated. Not many of these guys use their hands. They try to turn the corner, dip that shoulder. Mm. You don't see a lot of them that actually use their hands, hand movement. And I always go back to Anthony Pleasant, like 20 years ago, was old and probably had nothing left physically. And he spent endless hours just doing slap drills, hand drills, knockdown drills. I think ha good hands for young players are underrated. And I think Peyton Turner has good hands. Injury concerns with him, though. 
a lot of uh, torn ACL in high school, uh, foot injury, knee injury. You also played three years. Yeah. That's what happens when you play more, you get hurt more. Yeah. You know how a lot of these guys didn't get hurt? They never freaking played. They opted out. Yes. You know, you can't make the club from the tub. Yeah, this is true. You also can't get hurt when you're still in the tub. Well, that's, that's another question that teams probably have to ask themselves. Like a guy that didn't get hurt at all, but didn't play versus a guy that battled through injuries and played like, there's there's that's, a balance. That's there. why I do think this is a unique. I think Gil Brandt was talking a lot about that and how some teams are really like not punting on this draft or scared of this draft, but are treating it a little bit differently for all these things. You know, the opt outs, the injuries, the one year wonders, the you know tape that was removed or they didn't play against well, certain companies. I also didn't realize that the just the number of players that declared for the draft is so much lower than an average year. Because everybody, oh, yeah. everybody's going back to school. Yeah, the uh, what was the, it was like a third, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And then like the, it's the, usually. The, did I see it was usually like fifteen hundred players hire an agent, and only six hundred did this year? Or something? Yeah, I thought I think it was either it was in the thousands. It was like either eleven hundred. I don't know if it was sixteen hundred, but like it was a big drop. Yeah, and then the reaction to that was a lot of teams have no idea what's going to happen in the sixth and seventh round, and they're going to try to get out of that to move into right. future years. Right. So. Yeah, that's all of these are questions that make this one of the most interesting, unique, different drafts. Um, so let's transition to linebackers, quote unquote, off the ball, you know, not edge players. Guys, kind of a shame Shimes it on here because he had the hot take cup weeks ago that linebacker was more of a need than wide receiver. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Yeah, me neither at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what made him sick. Such a dumb take like that. Anyway, um, so Micah Parsons is kind of universally considered the top guy of the inside linebackers, off the ball linebackers. Uh, I have no qualms with that. The one red flag is that hazing incident where he's not a defendant, but is named in a lawsuit for taking part with sort of the mistreatment of another player. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what to make of that. I, I, I just don't have enough information I think sometimes that stuff happens and guys get caught up in things. I don't think that necessarily means he's a terrible human being or can't be on your football team or he's the next Aaron Hernandez or anything of that nature. Um, but if you watch him play, you'd want him on your team. Like he's just, he's just good. You know, a tackle machine, whatever cliche you want, runs all over the field, can make plays anywhere, tackles for a loss, sacks, sideline to sideline. Um, I like him. That being said, he wouldn't be my perfect fit. He wouldn't be my favorite. Well, I was um, going to say, he's been mocked to the Patriots at 15 by a, a good amount of people. And I don't hate it. Like, if you get that, I've talked a lot about, you know, you watch the Buccaneers run to the Super Bowl and, oh, it was Brady this, Brady that. Well, if you watch the freaking linebackers and Devin White and Levante David, you know that they were just as big a role in winning the Super Bowl and going on that run as Tom Brady was. And so you look at the Patriots, they don't have that guy. They don't have, they certainly don't have two of those guys, but they don't have that modern linebacker sideline to sideline. I mean, I guess they try to do it in a way with Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, maybe with whatever mm -hmm. he evolves into. And we'll get into that because there's some guys in different but places that all that do that. You can't count on that. I, I agree. So I, I wouldn't, even though I'm, I, hell, I posted a column this morning about just draft the damn quarterback. Um, if they don't draft a quarterback, if they don't go that way, 
it's either cornerback or one of these off the ball linebackers that I've kind of fallen in love with. Like I wouldn't mind the corner thing and uh, Zayvon Collins. The wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. Wide receiver still in the mix too. But my, the thing with wide receiver, I won't know what I had about wide receiver until I get a quarterback. So that could be delayed gratification. Um, But yes, I still want a receiver depending on who falls. Now, if the top three fall before 15 somehow, and obviously that's Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, then no, I don't want them taking a receiver at 15. I don't think Tony or Bateman or any of those guys are worthy of 15. I'd fall back on what you said earlier, run on offensive players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tackles, defensive guys are falling, take a corner or take a linebacker. Micah Parsons goes, I like Zayvon Collins, the kid out of Tulsa. I didn't. I watched him and it, it reminded me now this is high praise and probably stupid um, juniors. I saw junior say I literally saw juniors. I saw a guy that seemingly bounces around the field, always knows where's where to go. Sometimes looks like he's just standing there doing nothing. And then two steps later is batting a ball down, making a tackle for a loss, dropping into coverage, getting into a, a throwing lane. Um, I think Zayvon Collins has the potential to be, you know, some I, I talked about earlier, um, Jamie Collins, because mm-hmm. he's a similar like athlete. What is he? Where is he going to play? I don't care. I can tell you where he's going to play right about there in the middle of my defense. And he's going to make plays all over the field. And the other offense is going to hate him. Um, six foot five, 260, can run as much as you need him to run. But the thing to me is I saw instincts. And whether it's instincts or film prep, whatever you want to call it, he knew what the hell he was doing on the football field. Every time I watched him, um, I would take him in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. He, he seems like the a Belichick type, like kind of yep. a, he wasn't highly recruited, came from, played quarterback in a small town, didn't get many, off, only scholarship yep. offer was a partial from division two, central Oklahoma. So just a yep. guy that's been doubted his entire career kind of seems like a guy that Belichick would really like. And um, quotes now make, do what you will with whatever the quotes are of these types of people. But according to the, the people around him at Tulsa, the quote that I read was unbelievable teammate and leader. Again, I like to see that as you sort of mm-hmm. fill out the package of, of total, total high-end prospects. So I love Zayvon Collins. I liked him in the beginning as a theory. The more research I did from him, the more I like him as a Patriot. And the beauty of him is you might actually be able to get him in the twenties. You might be able to trade down. We've talked about this. I don't know if people will get excited or hate it, but might be able to trade down, add capital, add something for next year and get a guy like Zayvon Collins in the twenties. So also wouldn't surprise me though, if he went higher than expected, because somebody like me falls in love with him. Well, I feel like his name has been climbing the boards in the last couple of weeks, just as the draft's gotten closer. It should, because he's freaking good. Um, The next guy we can talk about, and we just touched on it with Kyle Duggar. I don't think they would go after this guy in a way, because I think he has some Kyle Duggar to him. I'm not sure what he is. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Owosu Karamoa from Notre Dame. Um, Did I say it? That's what we're going with. That's how I, I say it. It's good for me. It's better than I could do. So. Ask, uh, ask Giardi. Didn't we have him on once and he was throwing it out there just to prove he could say yeah. it? So Because he, uh, he was going to Notre Dame's pro day. He had to get it right. No, I know. Well, he doesn't always get it right when he's supposed to get it right. It's Do you true. remember the slip disc incident? Oh, I, I remember. I remember. Okay. Goes down in infamy on the internet. Went viral and then some. Um <laughs> Koromoa, outside linebacker, edge guy, safety. He, to me, Notre Dame used him as much. I don't know what they call it. They all these colleges have that 
Joker Rover type position. Yeah. It's a quasi DB linebacker. Um, 6'1, 221. He can run all over the field. And I'll tell you one thing when he comes toward you, get the hell out of the way because he comes in a bad mood. He looks to kill people, he looks to absolutely blow people up. Um, I wrote missile just for his style of play yeah. a little bit um, in the mold of Troy Polamalu in the old days where he saw something and he was going to hit something or from a linebacker's perspective, I guess, Brandon spikes for the Patriots that similar. Once they make a decision, they're going to hit something, whether it's right or wrong at hundred miles an hour. Um, he's an explosive player. He hits, but he not only hits when he doesn't hit, he tackles and a lot of forced fumbles. He loves to do the swipe down strip forced fumble at like the second level crossing receivers and things of that certainly can cover all over the field. So, uh, I don't know if he makes sense for the Patriots again, because how yeah. many of those guys yeah. you can have? He's just an athlete. Like he was a star, star basketball player in high school. So I think you're right. He just doesn't – I think in other years they would target him, but they kind of already have that in Duggar and Adrian Phillips. And even to some degree, um, Mills. You know, you have three players with versatility, size, sort of in that level of the defense. I, I just – I don't know that it makes a lot of sense with other options um, on the board. Um, speaking of other options, there's a guy I wasn't really that familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, Nick Bolton out of Missouri, um, two year starter, uh, second team, all American, both years, all sec captain consummate pro. Um, he's shorter than desired. I think he's a smidge under six feet, which yep. probably hurts him in this process. Four, five, nine, nothing special in terms of the 40. Um, but he's a legit linebacker. Like he is probably a third round pick second, you know, late second, early third round pick as a less of an athlete, less of a playmaker, but more of a, a sure thing, maybe like an upgrade for Bentley, like a, a solid middle of the field. Don't ask, excuse me. Don't ask him to do too much, but I like him. He likes, yeah, to he, just, he makes, he seems like just a solid player makes tackles 97 yeah. night in 2019, 95 last year. So just a, that's kind of what the, I guess the old, uh, traditional middle linebacker guy just makes tackles I wrote middle linebacker and I viewed him as like a step above say a Landon Roberts or Jawan Bentley like a yeah. little bit more because those guys you're like do they still fit in the NFL do, should they be on the field I think he fits in the NFL but in that middle linebacker role um, another interesting guy Jabril Cox out of LSU um, captain at LSU after transferring from North Dakota State um, which made famous by who Trey Lance, um, but he graduated after four years. And I think I read 65 teams were interested when he entered the, the transfer portal, like every team. Uh, yes, more, more than 65 teams contacted the family with interest before he signed with LSU. And immediately was a captain, um, 6'3", 232, lots of plays and coverage for LSU. They used him wide. They used him deep. If you go to some of his highlights, he's making tackles on like 15 yard outs. He's covering guys on deep posts, knocking the ball away. Um, he's a little bit in that tweener mode of, is he a linebacker? Is he a, is he a secondary player? Um, but he's certainly an intriguing athlete. No question about it. Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that he's not at the top of a lot of people's rankings at this position. Is it just because he well, did I'm it? I'm telling you, like, I think there's a lot of good athletes at the linebacker position that are, it, it's getting lost a little bit, I think, because I don't know if people don't know what they are, you know, maybe because they didn't play. Like if Micah Parsons had played this year and had back-to-back -back 
All-American type seasons, maybe he'd be thought of a little bit more <coughs> highly. Yeah. Probably, you know, people are fixated on the quarterbacks and receivers. I mean, let's be honest, the top, you got five quarterbacks and three receivers, eight of the top 12 picks in there. So I think people are so fixated on that. Maybe they're missing the athletes that are available on the defensive side of the ball. Um, another guy that intrigued me until I watched his play was uh, Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina. Really interesting guy, jumped off the board. First thing I see, suspended for five games or whatever. And so I was like, oh boy. Then I see team captain a year and a half after being suspended. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Was a three-year quarterback for North Carolina, converted to linebacker. Two seasons of linebacker was all ACC both seasons. Just a lot of layers to his sort of resume and his profile. Well, he also uh, could have walked on to the basketball team. Roy Williams offered him a preferred walk-on spot. Right. And then I watched him and I was like, eh, I don't really see much. Like he, he was productive, but he bounced off a lot of people. He made tackles where he ended up as the nail, not the hammer. And I don't love that as my linebackers. I want my linebackers to be the damn hammer. Um, I, I just, I didn't see like elite quickness. I didn't see to, probably a middle linebacker, probably athletic enough to be a modern middle linebacker, but I don't think athletic enough doesn't have the instincts enough to be a sideline to sideline playmaking high end athletic yeah. linebacker as a mid round pick. If you take him in like the fourth round as a backup linebacker, special teamer, sign me up. Cause I was going to say, if he slips around three or around four, take it, but right. he's not probably not worth a second round. A um, couple other names that I went through that I didn't like Dylan Moses is an interesting guy. Just terrible knee. He had a knee injury that never came back from. He's still cleaning it up. He's going on two years. He admitted that he played basically in pain mm. throughout an entire season. Probably not good when you're coming in the NFL. Yeah, I think would be a better prospect, but no, like the, the lack of the combine medicals, all the issues he's had the last two years, I think he's going to have a trouble. It wouldn't, he, he's a name that could get pushed up undrafted. Like, I, I don't know where he goes. If he's undrafted, maybe he's a Patriot because of the Belichick connection. Maybe he would have better insight as to the health because of his comment, you know, Saban, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a couple Ohio State kids. I didn't like either of them, so we don't really need to talk about them. Baron Browning and Pete Werner, good college players, but I don't see them as options. There's too many athletes at the top of the draft for those types of guys to be options. Would you put um, linebacker ahead of the need as edge? I think we both agree with that. Um, yes. I mean, you just invested in Matthew Judon to be an edge presence. You got a multi-year deal for Kyle Van Oy and you got Chase Winovich for two more years. So yeah, inside, I don't, I still don't know how much you can depend on Hightower and what else you got in there. I, I just, yeah, I think, oh yes, I agree with that. And then I just thought of um, the guy we needed to talk about too, even though Shime's not here, the hot new name that everybody's madly in love with led by Shime, who I was, he was the first one I heard him talking about this guy weeks and weeks ago is uh Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, Jamin, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. I don't know. Um, one year guy um, coaches rave about him. They said he has a GPS for the football had decent production. Looks like he has some decent instincts, but I didn't love him. I certainly didn't put him like you. I think Shine thinks he could be a first round pick. And I've seen some people put him at the end of the first round. He does not compare anywhere near 
like Zayvon Collins or uh, Micah Parsons or those types of athletes to me, he's well behind those guys as like a second or a third round pick talent, in my opinion. Yeah, this I just don't... this um, has a as a comp in the NFL to Zach Cunningham. I don't know if that's who you want to be compared to. I mean, that's fine. Like, it's not disrespectful. Like, you know, Jamin Davis is better than I'll ever be at anything, maybe. But but it's not a first round guy. That's kind of right. What I'm saying. Right. Um, so I, I kind of wish Shine were on here because I wish he could try to explain to me what provide some saying. insight as to why this guy's been hyped so much. Right. Because he's not the only one. And and I mean in in um what do you refer to it as like Patriot Twitter or Patriot pre-draft land? Sure. I, I've seen a lot of people bringing his name up as like the perfect Patriot. I to me, Zaven Collins is the perfect Patriot. If you want to pick a guy, he should go higher, will go higher. And I think Davis is just good college player, but nothing that excites me i would say that there is 75 percent chance they take a linebacker in this draft like it's a good bet bill belichick is going to take her in the first round no no in, in the draft sorry oh yeah they will take a linebacker they will definitely take a linebacker um and there's enough talent where i think some good linebackers are going to you know i said like osai if he goes in the second round i think you're getting potential pro bowl talent in the second round collins if he's late 20s early 30s wherever he ends up I think you're getting maybe all pro and elite level talent with him um yeah I think there are some very unique athletes playmakers linebackers that are available in this draft that probably aren't getting quite the hype they deserve because of everything you, else going would you on. say the sweet spot for this position is like the late first early second ish yeah because I think you're still going to get players that can be impactful really good and you're not paying the premium, I guess. But I also think if you pass on Micah Parsons or Zayvon Collins in the middle of the first round, you probably could learn to regret it later because I, I think they're really freaking good. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to hit on these guys? Um, just the, the – I don't know if people care about this as much as I do, but when I watch these positions – this running back and linebacker remember when shime and i were talking about how we kind of hate that running back has been devalued dismissed whatever i love to me running backs and linebackers are the heart of why i love football the athleticism the versatility the 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 contact the physicality it's not just sort of the the soft playmaking of the passing game linebacker i would say running backs to some degree old school tight ends and linebackers are my sweet spot in football and I recalled that more and more when I was watching Parsons and Collins and Bolton and some of these guys play. I would, I would concur with that. They're just fun to watch. Okay. Um, so what's our plan for next week? Next week, we are going to do two podcasts in the draft related realm. The first will be a look at some of the offensive line options, which I know Patriots fans probably vomit in their mouth a little bit thinking of Bill taking a number 15 overall tackle or guard, or even trading into the twenties and ending up with an offensive lineman. I don't think you can discount that possibility. Definitely not. So we will address it. Also the fact that there's a few Alabama guys involved in that process. And there's some versatility in the offensive line group. A lot of, a lot of Isaiah win comparisons because guys are tackle slash guards slash not long enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do one on the offensive line. And then on Wednesday, probably we'll do a, an overall draft preview, what the Patriots could do, what the final buzz is, quarterback, blah, blah, blah. They just get all jazzed up for draft night. We'll get a guess for that one too. Undetermined yet, but 
Could be Giardi, could be Mike Dassault, could be Paul Perillo, who knows? Yeah, shoot us a tweet uh, at Off Day Pod yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, tell, tell us, us who you want. want. Yeah. And we'll, we might make it happen or we might just ignore you and do whatever the hell we please. All right, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.